Welcome to the Legislate podcast, a place to learn about the latest insights and trends in property, technology, business building, and contract drafting. Today, I'm excited to welcome Lyle, co-founder of Echo, on the show. Echo is an app designed to help everyone understand the impact of their investments, current and future. Lyle, thank you for taking the time. Would you like to please share a bit of background about yourself and Echo? Yeah, sure. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So Echo really started, and as I said, in kind of 2020 and over the last kind of 12 months, 18 months, it's really gained some traction and fruition in terms of the build and raising some cash. But really where Etro came from and what it's all about is he worked within the kind of ESG data space. So working with a lot of big players in the market to try and assess their investment investments and securities in terms of sustainability. And the other co-founder, Charlie, worked within the UN and worked within partnerships. And we really had a shared passion, sorry, for kind of positive change. And what I found from my line of work was that there was nothing really for the retail client. Your average person, they might want to know which companies are really leading positive change and which ones are really going to spearhead us and take on some of the challenges that we face at the moment, whether that's climate change, for example, or poverty, what have you. And a lot of the data that we have on companies was really centered towards financial institutions, big players, those with money, those with the cash, the teams. So what we wanted to do was we wanted to create a product, a conscious companion, we like to say, which is an app, something that you could have on your phone that would help pinpoint the best companies. So allowing people like you and I to discover companies that are creating the most change and also saying, oh, sorry, also being able to assess your current investments and see where you stand. And we put our heads together and we came up with Echo. So the name Echo has a Ghanaian tie and it means tomorrow, giving hope to, to tomorrow and creating a positive yeah, positive future, really. So Charlie, the other co-founder, has done a lot of work in Ghana. So that's where that came from. And yeah, the process obviously wasn't as simple as that. It wasn't an overnight process. But yeah, we've we put our heads together and we think we've got something really special and currently just building it now. Perfect. And when you talk about ESG scores, do you find that it's the companies with the most money that have the best ESG scores because they can invest in that? Or what, what metrics are you using to track ESG in companies? Yeah, so you've hit the nail on the head, actually. So it's it's a really good point. So what you tend to find with kind of ESG scoring is that for a lot of companies, right, it's a tick box, ex- tick box exercise. There's a tongue twister there. And if they tick the right boxes, they will get a good ESG score. So to really understand what companies are up to and discover perhaps smaller companies, you really got to dive into the in diving deep into the analysis. And not just look at, are they saying they're doing, but what are they actually making money from? What are their business activities? And taking that holistic view on a company's performance, saying, okay, talking the talk, but are they walking the walk, basically? Then you're really able to analyze a company because you're right. If a company's got a good PR team, then they could potentially have a good ESG strategy. And that's not something that we really want to promote greenwashing, essentially. And having access to that Having access to that data, as we were saying, for the retail client is very difficult. There's a lot of barriers to entry. So yeah, that is something that we wanted to provide access to the everyday investor. 
who perhaps just wants to put 50 pounds here and there or just wants to check their portfolio. That's that's really interesting. And in terms of coverage, how many companies are you tracking? Yeah, sure. Good question. At the moment, we have the capabilities to do several thousand companies. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to launch with quite a small select universe We test the waters, see what companies the market wants, see what our users want. Something that's really important for us is speaking to our community. We raised some money on Crowdcube. We've got a wait list. We've got subscribers. We've got people that we do user testing with. All of our investors, we like to engage with them. So we're going to see what companies do they want to see, either asking through questionnaires or what have you. But yeah, we're going to start with a small universe, perhaps say a thousand stocks, see how that does. And then we can always tweak it as we grow. But we have the capabilities to do much more than that. That's great. And through this journey of building Etcher, and you're still building, but you're engaging with customers, what's been your favorite moment so far? Yeah, sure. The one thing that I've really learned when you've been doing this is that you need to prepare, you need to be prepared to be flexible and agile and pivot whenever you, you need to, basically. I think Charlie and I both have a really strong vision for Echo and what we're trying to do and enable people to create positive change and assess their investments. But the way in which you get to that vision might change. Your business, Echo, is just a vessel to get to your vision. And what I've really liked is being flexible and really engaging with our users and saying, okay, here's an idea based off that and based off user feedback, how do we change that to, to really prioritize what they want? And I think that's something that as a startup, you really need to push is being having that agility. But yeah, engaging in user testing has been a real learning point for me. It's something I've never really done before Etro, having come from a big corporation. So I've really enjoyed that. Yeah, I find user testing really insightful as well, because you often end up with behaviors or results that you didn't necessarily anticipate, but yeah, which, which makes it quite fun. Exactly. Yeah. Through building Etro, what do you wish you'd known? before getting started? Oh, good question. What do I wish I'd known? I think you just got to make sure that you're, you have a good team around you, which I actually, I already knew. And I think that's why Charlie and I align so well. We we work great together, but I think your team is everything. So we've still got a small team, but it's growing. It's really worth putting in the time of finding individuals that are going to help you and that you can lean on and you put trust in. But I think you need to be prepared to do all aspects of the job basically and just step in when need needs to be and lead that team other than that i think going back to our last question of you just need to be able to switch and be as flexible as possible because you're you're gonna have to change you're gonna have to maybe go outside of your kind of comfort zone a lot but uh, yeah if you can be flexible and you can be agile i think then as a startup you're 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 in a good place yeah i can definitely agree on flexibility so you you touched on the vision slightly you know what's the goal for the next five years sure yeah it's for us sorry actually our vision is to really empower as many people as we can to become conscious investors so have the information that they need to make conscious investment decisions and discover some of these companies that are really making positive change. And that's the overall and overarching vision. Over the next five years, we want to really expand our data side of the business, really bring it as in-house as we possibly can and 
scale it up and make it as accessible as we can to people and put it in as many people's hands as we can and then possibly tap into other channels so rather than just looking down the b2c route perhaps b2b looking at businesses as well that's certainly something that we'll be looking to do and one thing for us that's really important is education and community as we touched upon just before just before the podcast so yeah, really exploring the community and the educational side of the of the app. So yes, you can look at how companies are performing, the areas of sustainability, impact, investing, a range of topics that you want to learn more. You could jump on the Etcho app or the Etcho website and engage with that material and content. So that is something that we really want to expand on over the next couple of years. And I think that is something that we're going to start really Post MVP, really start focusing on is that extra content, that those extra educational pieces. Well, um, that's a bold vision. So good luck. <clears throat> and I think education, especially in a domain like finance, is really important. So I imagine as a co-founder with a growing team, you've interacted with contracts quite a bit. What yeah. are the key agreements that you look at the most? Yeah. Key contracts at the moment, we're doing a lot of, not a lot of people in terms of either that's through contracting or you have a lot of help from like freelancers, web designers, app developers. So those kind of employment, DA agreements, they're always changing hands. So that's something that we interact with a lot. There are, there are a lot of contractual, contractual kind of frictions, if you like, when we were closing our pre-seed round. And I think this goes really to, to what your business would be really useful is because we're trying to centralize them all and create somewhere that you can easily just create basically just easily throw up in contracts basically is what i'm trying to say because yeah when you're raising cash and you're closing you've got term sheets and contracts going between investors and that can be quite painful if you don't know where to start basically so having a repository would be really useful but yeah at the moment it's a lot of employment contracts and, and things with freelancers app developers stuff like that great and with those contracts are there any common areas of friction that you've encountered areas, there's not really any common ones but i think no, it's not so much that there's common areas it's just having a standard template and then easily being able to integrate some of the key terms if you like whether that's milestones that employees have to hit or if you're getting work done for example app development something like that it's quite hard to know as someone starting out which areas that you should be tweaking and which areas you shouldn't touch basically and a lot of kind of traditional law firms they want to it's a it's got a high price to even take a look at it there's some friction there for sure yeah i think tweaking standard templates is always a challenge even if it is something simple like adding a probationary clause or adding some form of performance clause and uh, and really that's really where legislate tries to fit in is making it easy people to make those amendment amendments without necessarily having to get lawyers involved yep. yeah that's a common area of friction that, that we're trying to solve as well lyle i'm conscious that i've taken already a lot of your time so i'm going to ask you the closing question we ask all our guests if you're being sent a contract to sign today what would impress you? It would definitely be transparency, easily to die, easy to digest. Sometimes you get these contracts, you know, pages and pages, and it's the bottom 10% that's actually relevant. So easy to navigate, transparent, and yeah, get straight to the point, basically. It highlights the key points so you can get through the noise because I've got to spend a lot of time reading through contracts and it's the, as I say, it's the only the last couple of sentences that are actually relevant. So that would be really important for me, I think. Great. Sounds like you've just described legislate. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a good free advertising. In the sense that 
Yeah. Yeah, we try, we do our best. But no, I think the key thing with our contracts is we definitely try to present the key terms as a set of questions and answers, which are useful for, so that when you do look at the contract and the actual text, you know what you're looking for, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. And in terms of the actual text itself, we do try to simplify and avoid as using legalese where possible. But when we have to use legalese, then we do annotate the contract so that there are explanations to help you understand what it is you're signing up to. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, thank you very much, Lyle, for taking time to be on the show. Best of luck conquering well the stock markets and bringing transparency around ESG. Yeah, no, thank you. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, who knows, maybe we'll, uh, we'll be partnering at some point further down the line. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks, yeah. Charles.